Today on Locked on Mariners, I try to refrain from melting as this heat wave continues to envelop the Northwest. Welcome to Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. I sure hope you're staying cool wherever you may be. Here in the greater Spokane area, we're supposed to reach record highs over the next few days. And I mean all-time highs, not the daily high. High temperature today is supposed to get up to 109, which would break the all-time record in Spokane by one degree. And tomorrow it's supposed to get up to 113. Wednesday is supposed to be 111. And by Friday, we're supposed to cool off to a brisk 102. And it's like this all over the Northwest, from Bellingham to Boise, although Western Washington is going to cool off much quicker than we are over here in the inland Northwest. We're going to be in triple digits all week here in the Lilac City, while the Puget Sound region is going to drop back into the 80s. And that was weather at 13 and 43 past the hour here on Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPNR Tloppin. Please remember to download and follow this uh, program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Network. Kind of a different type of show for you today on Catch Up Monday. Instead of simply recapping the uh, weekend series, we're going to lead off with the big news over the weekend. Johan Ramirez finally got into another ball game. Uh, no, 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 that's not that's not what we're leading off with. I don't know if this is actually big news or not. I would think that it would at least be news of considerable magnitude. Uh, but I'm sure that you have at least heard what happened to Hector Santiago yesterday. After being removed in the fifth inning from the first game of the kind of, sort of, almost doubleheader, it was the majority of the suspended game which started Saturday morning, Hector Santiago was ejected from the ball game by home plate umpire Phil Cuzzy following his post-inning or post, you know, post-appearance equipment check. Mr. Cuzzy found a, a sticky substance on uh, Mr. Santiago's glove on the underside of the wristband portion. Santiago appeared stunned by this course of events, as did manager Scott Service, although Santiago more so. And after Cuzzy made the motion indicating an ejection, he kind of shrugged his shoulders as if to say, Yeah, I found something. I gotta toss him. Santiago's glove was confiscated and sent to the league office for analysis. In post-game press conferences, both Service and Santiago uh, stated that it was a combination of rosin and sweat that was uh, on his glove. Service also indicated that no suspension had been handed down at that time. If, after further inspection, the substance on the glove is found to be rosin, no suspension will be issued. While rosin is a legal substance... Santiago was told that it was illegal to put rosin on his non-throwing arm. And he he relayed that the umpires told him this after his ejection. He also said that it was, you know, his normal modus operandi to put rosin on both forearms, but he didn't know that that was illegal, you know, to put it on his non-throwing arm. In addition, on the post-game show on television, analyst Bill Kruger made the point that if mixed with sweat... Rosin does become rather sticky. And while it wasn't nearly as hot in Chicago as it has been in the Northwest lately, the humidity level is much higher, reportedly close to 90% 
Personally, that would kill me. And in that kind of uh, humidity, perspiration is going to be a thing. Also, on the post-game show, Kruger and host Angie Mentink, um, they had looked at the uh, videotape of the game footage. Videotape? Nobody uses videotape anymore. Anyways, they had looked at the game footage prior to going on the air, and they uh, relayed that they never saw Santiago go to the portion of the glove where the stickum was found. Remember, the stickum was found underneath the wristband of the glove against his wrist. So he would have had to put his fingers underneath the wristband to get to that sticky substance to apply to a ball, which would be rather obvious. That's not exactly an inconspicuous place to hide something. As of this recording, there is no update on this situation, and no suspension or lack thereof has been announced. His glove is due to arrive in New York sometime today for inspection, and the Mariners do not expect that Mr. Santiago will be suspended. Do I think that Hector Santiago was trying to cheat? No, I don't. But at the same time, his equipment was found to be illegal, you know, according to the letter of the law, so the umpires had no choice. But that brings this question into mind. Why are these checks on pitchers occurring after innings and after a pitcher is removed rather than when they're brought into a game or at the start of an inning? Wouldn't you want to find illegal equipment or illegal substances before they're used rather than after? Wouldn't it be better to find this stuff out before he starts pitching rather than finding out after the fact that a pitcher has used something he shouldn't be using? That just doesn't make sense to me. But then again, little of what Major League Baseball is doing these days makes sense to me. We'll talk about the three-game series in uh, B-Block and C-Block today, but first we have the Trivia Corner, and we have kind of a new addition to the Trivia Corner today. Not a hall pass, not a trivia question, but more of a this-date-in-baseball-history type thing. I will tell you about what Mariner, former Mariners third baseman David Bell accomplished as a member of the Phillies on this date in 2004 after this word from Wild Alaskan. Do you love to order fish when you go out to eat, but never make it for yourself at home? Cooking restaurant-quality dishes at home starts with high-quality seafood in simple techniques from Wild Alaskan Seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainability-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's all ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company Seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership at any time. They offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use this URL to let them know that we sent you. On June 28, 2004, David Bell hit for the cycle against the Montreal Expos in Philadelphia. This was the seventh cycle in Philly's history, but more significantly, Bell's grandfather, Gus Bell, had hit for the cycle on June 12, 1951. 
Gus and David Bell are the only grandfather and grandson combination to both hit for the cycle in the major leagues. David's father and Gus's son, Buddy Bell, also played in the major leagues for years as a third baseman, but he never cycled. Gus has a great-grandson, Luke, who was drafted in 2019. He didn't sign, though, and he's currently pitching for the Xavier University baseball team. Luke is the son of Mike Bell, David's brother, who played briefly in the major leagues in 2000. He had been a member of the Minnesota Twins coaching staff when he passed away in spring training this year on March 26th. Coming up, after ending the trivia corner on such a somber note, I feel compelled to refrain from anything silly. So I'll simply tell you that I'll be talking about all three games of the weekend series in Chicago, following this word from Rock Auto, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your daily driver or for your classic, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I don't see a reason to do that, gang. So go on over to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know for an undisputed fact that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, DC Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. Uh, this is the first uh, show in a while that I can remember where there was a game to recap, but we didn't talk about it in A Block. In fact, we have three more games to get to, three games to get to, and the first one is Friday night's game, and that one kind of seems like ancient history at this point, doesn't it? It was a weird weekend of baseball, including the Santiago ejection I spoke about in A Block, the rain delays on Saturday, the eventual suspension of that game, and then a very long day on Sunday. Friday was a long game as well, over three and a half hours. I was very happy that it was an away game, which started at 5 Pacific time, because if it was a home game, which started at 7, I probably would not have been able to see the whole thing. I'd have fallen asleep probably in the seventh inning. Every Mariner got at least one hit. They had 14 hits total, and they walked five times. There were constantly runners on base. The Mariners had a base runner in every single inning. And they wound up leaving 12 men on base, which is generally a problem unless you score nine runs like they did this time. J.P. Crawford led off the game with almost a perfect at-bat from a leadoff hitter. It was a nine-pitch at-bat, which ended with an opposite field single, and that extended his hitting streak to 11 games. You want the first hitter of the game, your first hitter of the game, to see a lot of the pitches. The other first hitter of the game, you prefer he pop up to the shortstop or something. But in any case, your first hitter of the game, you want him to see a lot of pitches so the rest of the team can see as much of the pitcher's arsenal as possible. And he later stole second base in that inning. He is now a leadoff hitter. 
I've been talking about him on the show a lot lately, but he's been that good, and I've been very impressed with his skill set as a leadoff man. The Mariners scored twice in the second inning, both runs coming on a two-run home run from Luis Torrens. The White Sox got one back in the uh, bottom of the uh, that same inning. Uh, Yasmani Grandal launched a home run. It was a cutter that caught way too much of the plate. No doubt about that one leaving the yard. Really the only real blip on uh, Yusei Kikuchi's uh, radar. He went five and two-thirds innings. He gave up two hits, including that home run. He did walk four, however. Uh, only gave up the one run. It came on that home run, and he struck out six. He got tired in the sixth inning. He started losing command. He looked like he was done. It was time for him to go. The avocado came in for him, and uh, finished the sixth inning, pardon me. Drew Steckenrider pitched a scoreless seventh, and then Rafael Montero had the eighth inning, and it was another poor outing for him. Two runs in that eighth inning. No walks, amazingly, but he uh, but he uh, allowed three hits. He was wild, if memory serves. Paul Sewald came in to strike out the side in the ninth inning. Man, has he been good lately. Carlos Rodon, author of the uh, second no-hitter this season, I believe, was a starter for the White Sox. He didn't fare all that well. He went five innings, allowed five hits. He also walked four, and he allowed three runs, all of them earned. He struck out eight, but the Mariners struck out 11 times as a team. The Mariners are an easy team to strike out. It was a 3-1 score until the sixth inning, and from that point out, the Mariners scored at least one, pardon me, at least one run in every subsequent uh, inning. Jake Fraley hit a two-run home run in the sixth inning. All of his home runs this year, ladies and gentlemen, have come with at least one runner on base. No solo home runs for Ace Fraley so far this season. He had the two-run shot in the sixth. Luis Torrens hit a two-run shot in the seventh, his second home run of the game, and his first ever multi-home run game. He's been swinging a very hot bat ever since coming back up from AAA Tacoma. I think he's hitting 375 or something like that. Uh, Ty France scored on an error by shortstop Tim Anderson in the eighth inning. Murphy had hit a ground ball to uh, Anderson who threw it away. It should have been the last out of the inning. It was not, and another run scored because of it. Mitch Hanniger hit a a sharp ground ball single through the hole at short to score Dylan Moore in the ninth inning to bring the score to 9-3, final score. Again, every Mariner collected at least one hit. J.P. Crawford had another two-hit ball game. Maniger collected two hits. Jake Bowers continued his hot hitting as well with a two-for-four day, including a walk. Luis Torrens had the two home runs, and uh, those were his only two hits of the day. Uh, Dylan Moore went uh, two for four. Ace Fraley went one for three, but with two walks. The other three walks were driven by Bowers, as I mentioned already. Ty France and Kyle Seeger. Fun game. Fun game, but a long game. If you got a question or a comment, if you do, please send it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I will most likely reply to it on the air in a future mailbag episode. There have been a couple within the last few weeks that I haven't read on the air. Anyways, uh, questions and comments on any subject whatsoever are welcome and encouraged, including the fact that I have seemingly lost my ability to speak coherently. But it doesn't have to be a baseball uh, comment or question. It doesn't have to be about the Mariners. It doesn't have to be about sports at all. Coming up, what's up with Taylor Trammell? I don't know, but I'll ask him when he gets home. How about that, gang? 
Now this word of interest from Built Bar, the greatest protein bars in the history of protein. Each one is high in fiber and protein. Each one is low in sugar and calories. And each one is off the charts high in deliciousness. They're soft and easy to chew. No weird texture. No weird aftertaste. Go to BuiltBar.com to place an order to try them for yourself. You can order their variety box so you can try a little of everything. Or put together a box of the three flavors you'd most like to try. Like peanut butter brownie, cherry, and corrugated cardboard. If you use promo code PORKPLACKPLICKITYPLACK nothing happens. So use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout instead and that'll get you 15% off your order. BuiltBar.com promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Built Bar. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And also this word of importance from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, gang, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sp- sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, even though we're not at the midseason break yet. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, J.M. Final segment of the day coming at you before I go take a cold shower to try to cool off in this uh, 100-plus degree heat. And then study for my final exam coming up this evening. Final uh, day of my first class at Whitworth University. Did pretty respectably, if I do say so myself. Not terrific, but good enough. And then next week, my next class starts, and that is Basic Concepts in Modern Math. Hmm, sounds interesting. I, I didn't mean to say that facetiously. That actually does sound interesting to me. Again, I'm an accounting student. Anyways, while Friday was a fun but long game, the weekend games were pretty weird. It started off with uh, Saturday's game being delayed by rain and lightning. They did get that game underway, but it was delayed again in the middle of the third inning, and it took them forever (laughs) to decide to suspend play, something of a holding pattern, which seemed, I don't know how long it was, but it seemed like at least a couple of hours. I don't don't think it was that long. In any case, uh, the rain, unfortunately, erased a promising start from Logan Logan Gilbert, and it was a shame. Only two innings uh, for him. You can't really... You know, restart him after that long of a delay. Even if they would have restarted the game later that day, they'd have had to bring in a reliever. Two innings for Mr. Mr. Gilbert, one hit, three strikeouts, and no walks. Chicago starter Lance Lynn also suffered uh, from uh, having to be shut down. Only three innings for him. He didn't give up any hits. He did allow two walks, and he struck out four. The White Sox used Sunday's scheduled starter, Dallas Keuchel, in relief of Mr. Lynn to finish up the suspended game. The Mariners could not do that. Sunday's starter was to be Marco Gonzalez, but he was placed on the paternity list prior to Saturday's game. He's back in Seattle with his wife, Monica, and I don't know if their first child has been born yet, but that is obviously on the horizon. Congratulations to the Gonzalez family, which will have a brand new addition here, or maybe already has a brand new addition. In any case, we obviously wish them nothing but the best. Back to the game, however, Sunday was going to be another bullpen game uh, for the Mariners, so they could not 
pitch their scheduled starter in relief uh, to finish Saturday's game. There was no scheduled starter. Johan Ramirez was called up uh, from AAA in Marco Gonzalez's instead to take his place on the roster while he is on the paternity list. Santiago uh, was the first pitcher out of the pen for Seattle on Sunday. The conclusion of Saturday's ballgame, we all know how that ended. Uh, JT Chaguad, Drew Steckenrider, Anthony Masevich, Paul Seawald, and Kendall Graveman all pitched in that one. And the relievers pitched a combined seven innings, allowed five hits, two runs, three walks, and eight strikeouts. Not too bad. Paul Seawald struck out the only batter he faced, relieving Masevich in the eighth inning, and that wound up uh, giving him the easiest win of his career. Graveman earned his seventh save. Game was tied going into the ninth inning, and I was really hoping that this one would not go extra innings, since there was still another games to be played, even though it was going to be a seven-inning ball game. Uh, Because this game had started on Saturday, it was a full nine-inning game, despite you know, essentially being part of a double hitter. The second game was seven innings. I was super happy when Taylor Trammell hit that home run in the ninth inning to untie the ball game and make the chances of an extra inning game not go away, but, you know, make them less. Although he stood there and admired it way too long. Then that bat flip gang, I did not like that display at all. I know he may not have meant anything by it, but if I'm the White Sox, I'd be throwing a fastball right between the two and the zero on his back his first time up. You do not show up the other team like that. Save the celebrations for the dugout. Anyways, that was Tram's second home run of the day. He did homer in the fifth inning as well. All three Mariner runs scored on solo home runs, so in that case, it was not that impressive uh, of a game. I... When you rely too much on the home run, generally that's not a winning strategy. It worked for the Mariners this time, though, because the bullpen really stepped up their game and only allowed two runs. Ty France had the other home run, by the way, in the sixth inning. Tram's second and game-winning home run came against one of the better closes in the American League over the last few seasons as well, Liam Hendricks, and there was no doubt about it. Game two was more or less a disaster. The Mariners mounted rallies in the eighth and ninth innings, and it made the final score look like it was a much closer game than it was. Robert Duggar was activated as the extra man for this game, as it was, in effect, a doubleheader. Duggar was called upon to start the game, as a matter of fact. He's started most of the bullpen games that the Mariners have had to utilize over the course of the season, and done reasonably well. The extra man for Chicago was Jimmy Lambert, by the way, and he got into the game as well. Every available relief pitcher for the Mariners made an appearance on Sunday between the two games. The Mariners' first three uh, pitchers gave up a combined seven runs to the White Sox. Duggar went two and two-thirds innings. He allowed three runs. Two of them were earned. He walked two and struck out two. Will Vest was next, and he pitched one inning, allowed one hit, two walks, two runs. Both of them were earned. And then Rafael Montero came in and stunk it up again. One-third of an inning pitched, two hits, one walk, two runs, both earned, And remember, that's just with recording one out. Keenan Middleton and Johan Ramirez both pitched scoreless innings, though Middleton walked two and Ramirez was wild. He didn't walk anyone, but he needed 17 pitches for three hitters and threw six of them out of the strike zone, and some of them were not even close. Middleton was even wilder somehow. 21 pitches, 10 of them out of the strike zone, 
basically half of them. Not a good ratio at all. And he did walk to, as I mentioned. It was a bullpen game for Chicago as well as they used Sunday's scheduled starting pitcher as the first man out of the bullpen to complete Saturday's um, suspended game. Ryan Burr was their spot starter, and he did fine. Pitched uh, two scoreless innings. Garrett Crochet started the third inning. He was horrible. Walked three in only one and a third innings. Evan Marshall walked in Tom Murphy later in that inning which was charged to uh, crochet and who else but Jake Fraley led off the third with a walk Tom Murphy then grounded into a force out should have been a double play but Tim Anderson threw that ball away as well Murphy reached first base and crochet walked the next two guys and was then removed in favor of Mr. Marshall who issued the uh, bases loaded walk Mariners did not do anything else until the sixth inning Dylan Moore drove in Maniger who doubled to lead off the inning in that sixth inning they scored a three in the seventh three-run home run by uh, Mitch Hanniger Taylor Trammell and Donovan Walton had reached base via a hit by pitch and a walk respectively Shedlong Jr. then put together a pretty good at bat it was looking good it was a 10 pitch at bat but it unfortunately ended with him being frozen by a called third strike and then Ty France lined out to end the game and that was that pretty uninteresting game most of the way through almost a three-hour ball game despite it only going seven innings lots of walks for both teams Chicago White Sox pitching walked six while the Mariners issued seven bases on balls and I will remind you again that they managed to do that in a seven inning ball game and the Mariners staff only needed to cover six innings since there was no bottom half of the final inning poorly pitched game really for both teams but the Mariners could really not cash in on very many of the opportunities they had until it was almost too late although they did try to make a comeback. They almost did come back, as a matter of fact. Mariners took the series uh, two games to one, which is a victory in and of itself. The White Sox are good. The Mariners just won another series against a good team. If there's anything to take away from that series, it's that. And Friday's game, where they strung together hits and walks several times, constantly had runners on base, cashed in, really made the most of it. Off day today, ladies and gentlemen, and tomorrow on this uh, show, we will talk about the upcoming series against the Buffalo Blue Jays. Here with me to do that will be Kimberly Hart, Uncle Deadly, and an Ice Cube. Actually, we could use several Ice Cubes, as it's going to be another scorcher tomorrow in the Lilac City. Please remember to download and follow this uh, program. Look for us on any podcasting app you can think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. And remember and remember to check out the other programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That'll do it for me today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm DC Lumberg, and I will be back with you tomorrow. Try to stay cool. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.